One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Colson Smith and as always I'm joined by... Jack Pete Shepherd. Ben Twist. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. It is all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we set a film for the others to watch and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated about the film. The beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you've got to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought. This week's film is the classic that is Brokeback Mountain and it has been chosen by you guys at home, the Sofa Cinema Club audience. But before we get into talking all things Brokeback Mountain, as always, how has your week been? What have you been up to? Ben, come to you first. It's Animal Encounter. We're back. Funny enough, in this film, Brokeback Mountain, there's a coyote, isn't there? Yeah, there is. I saw that. Yeah. And as soon as I said, I shouted at the screen, Coyote! Yeah, that's what I faced. Me and Milo, that's what we faced. Is that what he shoots a gun at? Yeah, and misses. I thought it was a wolf. No, Coyote says Coyote. Ah. But it's a big one. It was bigger than the one we saw. Anyway, I decide, I'm with my brothers, I'm with my brothers, and I think, do you know what? I do like a dog walk. Keeps my day regular. I'm going to take Milo out for a dog walk. Now, you can't walk there. There's no sidewalks. Or is it just like highways? No, it's just like the road. You walk on the road, in the middle of the road. So no one walks. So there's me totting off for a walk. So you can have dog park. You can't let them off the lead. You can have, you can let them off the lead in a dog park, but you can't let them off the lead anywhere else. We went to a dog park. None of the dogs have got any recall. So it's just wild west when you're at the dog park. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll walk him down the road. Anyway, walking down the road and I get to this bit and I go, God, that's green, isn't it? What a green lawn they've got. It looks really nice. And I go past. It's AstroTurf. Amazing. Looks like it's dusty, dusty, LA dusty. Then suddenly cartoon lawn. Freshly, <laughs> freshly hoovered. Freshly hoovered lawn. I'm like... Oh, wow. It's like something from... What was that film? Did we do it? Beetlejuice. You know that car film, Beetlejuice? Yeah. Like that. So I walk out. I thought, God, that's very good. They've done well there. I like that. Milo, my little companion, goes, Oh, hold on. This is grass. This is great. Sniff, sniff, sniff. Right by their gate on the AstroTurf. Massive turd. (laughs) Massive. And they're bigger than stars. It's carrier bag stuff. Oh, God. It's that big. It's like... Oh wow, and it's and it's positioned perfectly, like it's on top of a cake, because it hasn't sunk into the ground, has it? It's on the concrete. Next day, I think. Do you know what? I'm not going to walk past the astroturf. I'm not walking past Shrek. I'm going past. I'm going the opposite side. And Milo's like, great, opposite side. Wee 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 wee. Yeah yeah. Don't worry. So I've gone down to the bottom of the road, come back round, completely forgot about the astroturf. In my own little world. He's fine. I'm walking. Walk past. Walk past the AstroTurf. As soon as we get to the AstroTurf. Quick scuttle. Really? Huge. The bomb. The bomb. By the exact same. The chocolate bomb. The exact same place. <laughs> the exact same place. And there's some builders over the way. Who are building this house. And they just see the massive. The massive turd just by the by the gate. Anyway, pick it up. Builder waves. Milo says hello to anyone. I have to go over to the builder, chat to the builder. Oh, I love your dog. Great dog. Chat to the builder. I've got a carrier bag full of shit. <laughs> no, talking to the, talking to the builder. 
I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's very friendly. <laughs> I've got to go. Weighty. Absolutely weighty. <laughs> weighty. Still warm. Still warm. I'm like, oh. So Milo toddles off. Anyway, I speak to my brother. And he goes, oh, yes. My wife took Milo for a walk. Did he go for a poo in that costume? <laughs> and I went, yeah. She said, every time now. And it's someone quite famous. So it's, it? yeah, it's someone quite famous. It's their house. Like, he's been in one of the films we've reviewed. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. So every time, waits now. Like, won't do it anywhere else. Then goes, oh, AstroTurf, plop, plop. I bet if you went back an hour later, you'd see him with his jet wash out, <laughs> washing his grass. So he's a Hollywood actor. Hollywood and actor. has a shit on his AstroTurf lawn. And he could pick anywhere. But of course, as well, I'm the only one walking. So everyone goes past and goes, oh, he's having a shit on that lad's lawn. <laughs> like everyone who drives past, because everyone drives. So you're walking, they go, why is he walking? And then, oh, and then they sort of look at you a bit like, oh, that dog's doing a huge poo. So there we go. That was my animal encounter, as long as, as well as the coyote. So there isn't much of a gap between this and our crash episode, because I'm away next week. Glamping. Ben likes glamp. Jack, you like glamping as well. I like well. glamp. I like the old I've glamp. had a glamp. I'm off glamping. I'm off glamping in Wales, funnily enough. Ah, yeah. Just booked it. I am. Um, but the place I'm going to, um, it's me and seven mates. And like, I put them all in a WhatsApp chat and sent pictures of where we're going. And obviously, it's a big tent. But this tent has stairs, two bathrooms. Oh, so it's not a tent, is it? I've never been in a tent with stairs. Yeah, that's what my mate said. I've never seen tent with stairs before. I mean, that's a house. The only thing it hasn't got is an oven. The only thing he hasn't got is thing. an oven. Like, it's a house. Two hot tubs, Ben. Two? Why do you want two? For when one's not enough. When one gets dirty and you move into the other one. <laughs> We're having one for Monday, one for Tuesday, one for Wednesday. How long are you going for? We're going for the week. Um, got a full itinerary planned. Oh. Monday's just a settling day, yeah? Settling day? What? Get it? Orienteering day? But Tuesday, all my mates are off to play golf and I don't play golf, so I'm just going to go for a run because <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse than going to golf. There's another mate who doesn't play golf, so we might like go to the spa. So Tuesday's like a chill day. It's not very packed at the moment. It sounds like Monday. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday sound the same. I hope Wednesday's good. <laughs> I don't think I'm coming. Oh, I wasn't invited. Wednesday, believe it or not, is um, it's, it's a minibus Wednesday. We're going day drinking in Lincoln. Oh, my. Of all places. You've managed to pull it right down. Of all places. So, basically, two days off, hammered, two days off. Yeah. Then, um, Thursday's a great day. Thursday's such a good day. Um, Thursday in the morning is a bike ride, hiring bikes. And then we've um, we've got a private pool on Thursday afternoon. Great day. Private pool? Yeah. Because they'll be sick of the hot tubs. Because they'll be sick of the hot tubs by then. But what's private pool? What's that mean? Well, it, it has like a pool, but you hire it privately. <laughs> oh, what? In the, te- in the tent bits? No. So in like, it's in like a hundred acres. It's like a retreat place. Oh. So there's like quite a lot of different lodges and stuff there. But we're we're in a glamping thing. So like in the main facility, it's like a centre parks. So Thursday is swimming. Friday, you need a big finish on Friday. I'm going to show my mates how to do the dives that I learnt on the games. You're recreating the games? Yeah. The old bomb. Yeah. Three, two, one, backflip. I'll race them in the 50 metre freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so Friday, what's Friday? Friday's a big day. So Friday's check out. <laughs> no, no, I listen, say, listen. I have to say, shit. it sounds shit. If you're listening to this, ask for your money back. Just turn up. The checkout. The checkout. You've got a bike, you've got a, a golf you're not going on, you've got a swim. Come around mine. Friday. Do it in a day. Friday's the big day. Friday, we are going to, Jack, you will love this. An outdoor water-based theme park. Oh, I like them. Yes. It's an assault course on water, yeah? Yeah. And then the other half is Ninja Warrior on water. Oh, that's good. It's got, get this, get this, 60-foot climbing frame on water. Very good. Imagine if you fall off that. (laughs) You'll be fine. You'll do the pencil. You'll be fine. Yeah. used to things like that. Yeah, you used to hide. I'm used to extreme sport now. 
So Friday, I'll be honest, sounds like the day. And that's the day you're leaving. They're, they're all the days. I've, skirt, <laughs> yeah. I've skirted over some of the activities, I have to say. I've skirted over some of it. I don't want to tell you my full itinerary. I don't want you to turn yeah. up, do barbecue. I? You might ruin barbecue. my trip. There's a lot of barbecuing to be done. Yeah, well, be... we're excited to find out. Yeah. It should be good. And then obviously it's my birthday on the Saturday, but I'm going back home for the Saturday for my birthday. Back to cricket. Oh, okay. How old are you, Cole? I'm turning... Um, 24, which they always say is a big one, don't they? 24. <laughs> <laughs> 24 is a bit, uh, isn't it? It's not 25. Well, 23 is a bit, uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and two. 25 is your big number. But, you know, 24, a lot a, a lot to happen. I mean, at, at the moment it's 24 and living with my parents, but hopefully that won't last for too long. <laughs> you're, back in the, you're back in the front room? <laughs> back in classic cast. I was going to be in my bedroom, but my dad's on a Zoom, so it was too much dialogue going off. So you're in the front room now, back in the back in the back at home base HQ. Yep, back at mum and dad's. Um, back in the this is like the lockdown podcast office, really. And um, speaking of the podcast, we've got um, we've got some big news. We hit a milestone last week, didn't we? We did, and I pointed it out to you actually because usually I don't look at the figures. I leave that for like you and Ben and producer Henry. But I noticed this month that we hit over a million listens. So that's really good. So I think uh, we all deserve a pat on the back. Pat on we, the back. We'll go and pat those million people on the yeah. back. <laughs> a pat on the back to all a million of you that listen to Sofa yeah. Cinema yeah, Club. Yeah, that's good. Amazing. Thank you. Shall we do what all those people want us to do and review Brokeback Mountain then, seeing as this film was voted for by them? Yes. Before we get into it, as always, we have a synopsis from one of you guys at home that suggested the film. Now, this week's film, boys was suggested by somebody that we know very well. It was suggested by a former colleague of ours, Charlie DeMello. So, let's hear from Charlie to find out why he picked Brokeback Mountain and to have his first ever Sofa Cinema Club synopsis. Hello, Sofa Cinema Club boys. It is long-time listener, uh, first-time caller, uh, Charlie here. I am here to offer you guys a synopsis on my choice, which is Brokeback Mountain, which I offered up as a suggestion in response to Jack's choice of uh, last week being uh, Crash. I remember from back in 06, the kind of controversy um, surrounding Crash and Brokeback's relationship to the Oscars and how Crash was very much seen to be a undeserving winner. Basically, at its very essence, it's a love story. But within that story are the complexities of the forbidden nature of that love. It is a love that is out of time. I don't want to get too nitty-gritty with the detail. I think there is a huge amount to appreciate and enjoy in that detail especially in the performances the the kind of the detail that is on offer from Heath Ledger in particular is incredible hope you guys enjoyed the film and yeah keep up the good work as you all well know I'm a huge fan and so I'm thrilled to uh, be a kind of tertiary member of the team today Charlie that's his synopsis. I think Charlie would want us now to be brutally honest about what we think of his synopsis. So, Jack, I'll come straight to you. <laughs> well, it wasn't a synopsis. It wasn't a synopsis, was it? Are you saying he's not followed the rules there? Are you saying he's well, not no, he's, he hasn't. As he bollocks. But what Charlie has tried to do, bless him, he's tried bless to Bless him. Two birds. He, he's bless not him. as good at this podcasting as we are. He's tried, he's tried to kill two birds with one stone, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's tried to have a chat with us to talk about a bit of the film... You saying he's built up his part? Is that what you're saying? Because really, we probably would have had Charlie on as a guest. Yeah, we did want him on as a guest, but he couldn't actually do it today because he was he's going down for auditions and he's been really successful and been really busy. So it 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 didn't work out. Um, so Charlie said he'll do a synopsis and send it in. So he's, he's tried to do everything in mm. one. Which is fine. What he has done there, Jack, actually, is he has stolen something that I think you would probably talk about, which is that last week's film, Crash, and Brokeback Mountain were both, you know, going for the same Oscar. Yeah. And there was, you know, I think people 
were gutted that Brokeback Mountain didn't win at the time, and I think are more so now, aren't they? It was a shock, yeah. And I remember, I remember it at the time because I'd seen Brokeback. I mean, all the hype was around Brokeback. Brokeback was gonna win, and I mean, Crash wasn't even nominated at the Golden Globes for anything, so it it was a complete outside outside chance that it was gonna get anything. But Brokeback was the front runner, and um, but when when it didn't win, it was Nicholson actually who read it out. Jack Nicholson read it out, and as soon as he said, "and the winner is Crash," the audience gasp. Mm. You can hear them. Like that's how surprised they were. So I guess my question was: Was Brokeback Mountain as successful and as big a hit as it was straight away, or is it something that's got bigger over time? No, I think it was successful and big straight away. It's it was successful, but also it's a film that has stood the test of time. Yeah. Much more than Crash has. So I suppose that's what happens, isn't it? It happens quite a lot in films. The initial film, it might miss out on something or it might not have... We've reviewed them. It might not have the box office at the start and then 20-odd years later, 25 years later, it's still a big film that everyone talks about. So as Charlie mentioned in his synopsis, it's a love story. And that was kind of the synopsis that Charlie gave. He didn't go too much into the detail of the story. So it it is a love story. And straight away we meet two characters. Um, Jack Twist, played by... Jake Gyllenhaal. I've always called him Gyllenhaal, but it's Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. And who's Heath Ledger's character? Ennis Dilmar, Heath Ledger. So these basically are two unemployed young lads who are looking for work through the winter. And they kind of decide to both go looking for like sheep wrangling work, sheep sheep shepherd work, I guess. And one thing that amazes me about this film is because I've watched this like two months ago and then obviously watched it again last night. I knew what it was about, as in I knew it was about two lads, two straight lads that fall in love. And then, you know, basically... I didn't know if they had a relationship afterwards. I didn't know if it was... I didn't know what it was, but it's kind of... The thing that amazed me is how quickly it all happens. Because it's a two-hour-20 film, and they first have sex in, like, the first 30 minutes of the film. Yeah. It's like, I always, in my head, I think, thought that that would be the end of the film. But it's not, is it? Because it kind of takes you through an entire relationship in two hours, 20 minutes. It takes you from the start of it to the end. It takes you from the first meeting to their last encounter. But I think the sexual chemistry between the both of them from the first scene. It is. Well, they they don't speak for ages, do they? Yeah, the car park, it's definitely... Yeah. And they're just staring at each other. The thing is, it's it's like Charlie said, it's a full love story, beginning, middle and end. Yeah. Mm. Romeo and Juliet. You You see that awkward bit at the start getting to know each other you see the middle bit where they're in that kind of like bliss being together and then you see the end which is very very trick very very difficult so yeah you i can see that story-wise it comes from a short story doesn't it mm. story-wise you want to get into their relationship quickly for the because the film covers a lot i mean it jumps a lot you're gonna have you're having to do a lot because they're only what Heath Ledger's only 26 at the time and the girl who plays his daughter isn't much younger than him. So you're jumping a lot. Mm. It's, a, it's a long... Because th- he's 39, isn't he? Jake Gyllenhaal's character when he dies. So they, like like Jack said, they, there's sexual chemistry straight away from the off. And their their job is to protect these sheep. And they're very, you know, they're quite strong on getting the job right. I tell you what I did think. I mean, when you see Gyllenhaal and... Ledger on them horses, you think, fuck that. As an actor, that's a fucking hard shift, that, isn't it? Trying to carry off that you're this rancher, you're this guy who's grown up, you know, on the horse, and you have to look like you know your shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I th- I did think when they were when they were carrying them. When he drags yeah. the sheep, yeah. yeah. You gotta re- you got- no, shit, did you see this sheep get dragged off? So across its front arms, like, okay, I'm going this way. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I did think that that 
that's what's so impressive is they felt fully formed when you first see them. They felt you felt like they'd grown up on farms. That's a bit like me when I'm on the farm, Jack. That's what I'm like. That's what you. Like. But very, very much so with the cows and the sheep. Know exactly what I'm doing. They got asked to go on like um, a cowboy camp before the film for like for like a month so that they could learn how to you know, ride the horses, you know, tented to the sheep and whatnot and everything like that. So they would look like they knew what they were doing. Um, Jake said, yes, he would go on it because he had little experience. And Heath Ledger said, no, I grew up in Australia on the farms as a kid. So I'm fine. Thank you. I'll pass. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the actress at the end who ends up marrying um, Jake Gyllenhaal? Hathaway and Hathaway, Anne Hathaway lied about riding a, a horse. She said she could and she couldn't. In her audition, the classic. And she's playing. She's playing. That's her speciality. Like a, yeah, is yeah. someone riding a horse really fast around cones. And she said that her parents said that you can always learn stuff really, really quickly. And she lied. She said, yes, I can ride a horse. And then the first scene she had to do was the one where she's in front of 300 extras riding back out past him. Yeah. And she said that was the moment when she went, oh, I don't think I can just, you know what I mean, make this up. And she really, she really worried. So, yes, she lied to get the job. So talking a little bit then about Jake and Heath Ledger, where were their careers then up to this point? What what had they done you know, were they relatively new? Were they already pretty big established actors? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Had Heath Ledger sort of done those um, romantic comedies, hadn't he? I yeah. Think? They've both been going for a while, like Jake Gyllenhaal and Donnie Darko. They've both been. Yeah. Apparently, in the casting, uh, Ang Lee was only ever going to cast two together. So if Jake Gyllenhaal or Heath Ledger didn't do it, they both wouldn't do it. He had people in pairs. Ah, uh, I um, see. And that's how he saw it in the film. So Jake Gyllenhaal knew that Heath Ledger was going to do it. They both knew that they both had to say yes um, at the time. So he cast as a couple. So, yeah, they were up and coming. I mean, they all are. I mean, look, they all have had big careers, everyone in that in that film. So, yeah, they were pretty big. They have their romance. They have their winter on Brokeback Mountain and they end up going their separate ways. And as they as they go their separate ways, there's kind of quite a big moment where, you know, they, they try and work each other out and they're like, well, you know, what are you going to do for work next winter? And Heath Ledger kind of says, well, you know, I think obviously we're getting married and we've got the kids, so I'll probably have to find some work closer to home. But that's the big shock that, like, after an hour of the film, of them being on this mountain, you then find out that they go home to their wives. And well, he goes home to get married, doesn't he? And also, you realise, and I did think about this, especially with the postcards, there is no phone. Like, if you drive off and he drives off, good luck finding me. You've got an address and you've got my town where I live, but they really are saying goodbye. It feels very final, doesn't it, straight away? There's a quite powerful moment in the scene, both where they've gone their separate ways, and like Heath Ledger takes himself off and is just sick. because, And you can't tell if he's being sick at what they've been through and what they've done on the mountain, or if it's the fact that he thinks he's never going to see him ever again, and you don't know if it's heartbreak or... It's, it's a really trippy moment. In that scene, Heath Ledger actually nearly broke his hand as well because he decided to, when he was being sick, he decided to sort of improvise and punch the wall, which was a wall, and he nearly broke his hand. Speaking of broken bones, is it the kiss when they reunite where he nearly broke his nose? I think it's the kiss when he comes round to his house. Yeah, which Michelle Williams sees. I think it's that kiss. But then he broke his nose. He, he didn't break his nose, but he, he damaged his nose. And the doctor was like, you've nearly broke his nose kissing him. Mm. Heath Ledger goes in for a kiss uh, and is that sort of ferocious. I suppose that that bit where he bends down and he throws up is the bit where you realise, what well, I realise, for me, it's that nature of that love story that Charlie was talking about. That this is one of the big moments in his life. This is a love moment. It's not a holiday. It's not a sort of a romance he's going to let go. It, it's hit him deeply. That was the moment where I felt that 
it was a very clever moment because then it has to set you up for the rest of the film. It has to set you up for the next 15 years that whatever happened on that mountain was a moment for both of them where they were living this extraordinary life. I mean, it sounds it's like six months, isn't it? Because they go through the winter and they go through, then they come down off the mountain, don't they? Yeah. Well, I think they see, I think it says in the film that they see each other about three, four times a year. No, but they're, they're on Brokeback Mountain for a while, I think is what Ben was saying. Yeah. And then obviously it's like they're having holiday romances. Because how long is it from the gap of them leaving Brokeback Mountain and then seeing each other for the first time? It's four years. It is a big gap, oh, is isn't it? it? He yeah. has kids. Yeah. I mean, there was quite a clever devices. The kids give you the clue on the time, don't they? Because, you know, they give you, the, they give you the feeling on how much has passed. And I guess in the, time that, in the time that we see them, like Jack said, meeting each other every, you know, three, four times a year, we also see Jake Gyllenhaal's character get a wife, get kids, have a family. We see um, Heath Ledger's character go through a divorce. Well, he gets married straight away as he comes back, doesn't he? Yeah. Heath Ledger's character. As soon as he gets back, he gets married. Well, it's almost to try and like hide yeah probably of who he is isn't it it's like right just bury that get rid of that and you know it's really quite clever devices how whenever you see them with their family and their kids it's like they're putting up a front and they can only be themselves in their four visits to the mountains every year sort of thing when they go on their fishing trips yeah am i right in thinking that jake gillenall's character he seems quite wealthy is that all of his wife's dad's money i think he marries well yes because they go to his house at the end don't they yeah so his family house at the end is very poor yeah he's got a little ranch that he says his dad doesn't work very well but his his uh, father-in-law owns sells machinery track uh, you know farm machinery so that yeah they're wealthy he's the best combine salesman we've got yeah they're wealthy yeah and then Heath Ledger, I suppose that the whole point is as well is that Heath Ledger is interesting that Jake Gyllenhaal comes to, can, can say what's happened to his life. He's not lived his whole life because he wanted to get, go off and be together, didn't he? Have a ranch together. And then you get the feeling that the same has happened for Heath Ledger's character, but he can't say it. He's never moved on with his life. He never created anything for himself. He never stayed in a job because he had to leave a job every time he'd go away with him. Do you think he only gets divorced because his wife confronts him about the, how the first time Jack Twist ever came around, she saw them? Does she confront him? Does she... She does afterwards. She does after the divorce. That's what I mean. Yeah. So do you think... I think she just... Well, she knows, doesn't she? She sees them kissing. Yeah. And she obviously stays with him for a decent amount of time. But then why why do you think she divorces him? Well, they're having sex, aren't they? Yeah. And she asks him she to says, put a condom on. Maybe we should put protection on. But that's because she knows. That's because she knows he's he's been with a man. And he says, well, don't you want my kid? And she's like, well, I don't think you're going to support him. Because she kind of thinks you are going to fucking leave me one day. Which is why I think they just decide to get get rid and end it then. Because the next scene, they're, they're filing the divorce papers, aren't they? Yeah. Because it's quite a big moment when when the divorce comes through and we see Jack Twist go to meet him. He's over the moon, isn't he? Yeah, and obviously the, the kids are in the car because he's, he's got them for the weekend. But there's that moment of Jack Twist is like, oh, well, this is it now. We're together. Where he's fully out. Well, he's willing to give up his life. He is, isn't he? He's willing to give everything up and and go and get the life that he thinks they can both have. But he's no kids at that point, has he? I don't think. Yeah, he has, he has. Oh, he has does. he? Because he remember when he first comes in and they're fishing and he goes, oh, I've got a son. Yes. And their daughters are older. And then, But what you then find out is Heath Ledger tells that story, doesn't he, uh, about those two men who go off and live in a ranch and one of them's killed. And he thinks it's his father. You remember his father shows him the dead body. So that's obviously playing in the back of Heath Ledger's mind all the time, all through his life. And Jake Gyllenhaal's character is much more willing to give everything up and go and try and create this life together. Ah, right. You can answer this for me then, Ben, when you say that. 
So obviously at the end of the film, when Jack Twist dies and Heath Ledger's character finds out on the phone, when the wife says what happened, she said he was changing a tyre and it like exploded or whatever. Blew up and, in his yeah. face, yeah. But then he sees a flashback of him getting beaten up for being gay. What actually happens? That's what happens. I think that's what's happened. Okay. That's I think he, her family has killed him. That's what I think. I think they've found out he's gay and her dad and her family. Because that's why she's showing no fucking emotion on the phone. And she knows who he is when he rings. Yeah. She she knows that that's his boyfriend. Yeah. I think he. she's definitely lying. I never got that. I didn't think it was her. I didn't think it was her family, but I just felt like. Oh, didn't you? I just felt like he. But I suppose it does link to the story Heath Ledger tells, and Heath Ledger, I think, understands what's being said. Because I knew when he was on the phone, Heath Ledger could tell that she knew who exactly who he was, and exactly yes, what yes, went yeah. on on their fishing trip, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's the passage of time, is that. Is you very cleverly? I mean, what Ang Lee's done brilliantly is when he's waiting for him for the first ever time, he sits by the window and drinks beers and just sits and waits and waits. And you get the feeling that the trips get longer, and they look forward to them more and more and more. And the postcards come, and then he's ecstatic when he's going away for the trip and when he comes back. So it's clear to both wives and both families that they're having a a relationship. Because there's that moment where the the last time they see each other, where Elenis kind of says, "Is Elenis Elenis Which is interesting. You've taken Eleanor <laughs> and Ennis and mixed them. Ennis kind of says, "Just so you know, I can't do August," and it breaks his heart, doesn't it? Because they've never had a summer. Yeah, they've never had a summer together, and then he knows it's November, and it breaks his heart, and and also it's a long time. They're now seeing each other less and less. It's like once a year, you get the feeling. And that he can't give up the job anymore. He used to give up the jobs because he had no money. And now he's saying, I can't. I've got a decent job. And I can't afford to to give up, you know, this is where we are. This is the relationship. This is it. Whereas I think Jake Gyllenhaal's character is still hoping for that happy ending, I think. It's almost like the only two people keeping it a secret at the end are them two. It's like it, it to to no one else. It it it, yeah. it matters. Um, when Heath Ledger goes around to see um, Jack Twist's parents, quite a powerful moment of the parents quite clearly knowing, isn't there as well? Yeah, they knew. Yeah. They and, knew. The, and the mum knows. Yeah, and the, mum and the dad. Do, the dad's not. He don't. He don't agree with it, does he? Well, it's that thing, isn't it? That his dying wish was his ashes to be scattered on Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, but they won't be. But they won't be. But that affirms that love story. Yeah, and then she sends him up to his bedroom, doesn't? Doesn't she? Yeah. That was the bit in the film that really kicked on from me. The last twenty minutes, last twenty-five minutes, from when they have that argument on the, um, just down by the river. Yeah. Then when he dies, doesn't he? Like, he, he goes and gets the postcard, doesn't he, that he's sent, and it's it's been sent back to him because he's deceased. He has the phone call with Anne Hathaway, and then he goes to the, uh, goes to the house, doesn't he, to see his mum and dad. And then he has that scene in the trailer. I thought, those last 25 minutes was brilliant, and everything before that, I was very bored. Okay, well, that's a good time for us to take a break. <laughs> Let that note settle. We'll hear from our sponsors and then we'll come back and we'll rate the film. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back from the break then, ratings time. It's the first audience choice of Series 6. Jack, after the bombshell that you dropped before we went for a break, I think you kind mm. of have to go first on this one. Well, I, rem- I remember seeing this film when it came out, and I remember thinking, oh, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant performances, great scripts, great story, great direction. And I did think all that watching it um, now, but I was a bit bored. I don't know why. And... It didn't. It didn't really kick on for me until the last twenty five minutes. As I've said, that's when I suddenly became interested in it. Yeah, nothing. Nothing happened. I wasn't that interested. Only until the last half an hour, for me. Um, <laughs> so what's your rate? It's going to be sloppy. It is sloppy. Um, but I want to go. I want to go a bit bigger than sloppy. So I'll go. I'll go 6.2. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was going to be sloppy. I knew it was going to be in the sloppies. Oh. It, it, do you know, I just didn't, I didn't really get anything from it. And maybe that's the point. Because I think when it came out, and obviously it's, it's about two men that are gay, and there was a massive taboo. Let's not forget, this film, when it came out in 2005, was banned in a lot of countries. Wow. I mean, the director... Is Chinese and it was banned in China. Can you believe that? And he went on to win Best Director, and they still wrote about him in the papers saying, Oh, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing for China? It's like, dude, you fucking banned the film. Wow. So there was a massive taboo of the film at the time. And when it came out, I was like, It's amazing, it's amazing. But maybe that's the point that now I'm watching it and I'm not looking at it going, Oh, it's an amazing, amazing because it's it's two men. I'm just, I'm sort of like, well, yeah, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Now, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's the point. So you're saying you've seen other films like it now, you think? No, I haven't seen other films like it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm not having, I'm not watching the film because it's two men and being blown away because it's two men and not a man and a woman. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that it makes a difference to me anymore or, or it should. Am I making myself clear? Yeah. Ben? Um... Funny, on the rewatch, I really did see it as a love story. And I loved the bits where nothing happened. I loved the bits at the start, the half hour. I think the acting is absolutely fantastic from everyone. That also pissed me off. I couldn't fucking understand them half the time because they were mumbling. Yeah, they do mumble. They mumble a lot, especially later. It's almost a, do we need to put the subtitles on? I think they were unsure of the accent and what they were doing was mumbling to hide the accent. I didn't they get that. They got better yeah. as they got better with the accent. I, I didn't... I liked that. For me, he, he was just that that shy character that just couldn't formulate his words or, or feel comfortable as he was because he... He reflects back, doesn't he, when he's eating the pie and he gets that girlfriend after his marriage goes and he goes, I'm sorry. Mm. You know, I just struggle. I just thought, for me, the film is about a relationship and that pain of them not being together and those beautiful performances from those two, that when they're arguing and when they're in love... And I really felt it. I really, really felt it this time. I sort of really loved the bits where nothing really happened. Yeah, I just thought, what an amazing... How to approach that film. If you look at that script, you just think, crikey, you've got to take them from... In two and a bit hours, you've got to take them from starting off through marriages, through kids, to the very end. And I thought he did that beautifully. Um, It was all performance for me. 
So I really, I, do you know what, actually? I think I preferred it on the rewatch than when I watched it the first time. I just sat there on my own and just thought, what a masterclass. When they can't, they're frustrated and they can't say what they want to say. And and both of them. So uh, I'm going nine. Wow. For me, um completely understand what Jack's saying in the times where he feels he was a little bit bored. Now... <laughs> It's it's not isn't that I was completely bored. I don't forget I did watch this film recently, so then I've I've watched it like five weeks and then watched it again. So it, it bored isn't the right word. It's just a bit slow for me. Yeah. It lacks a little bit of pace. And I'm assuming that from what Ben said, that's what kind of makes it that high score for him. I think you'd struggle because of the 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 amount of years it covers. I think the trouble is, if it went too fast, you'd go, it'd be like one of those videos where their hair goes long, tash, you know, grey hair, and then suddenly they're at the end. The Adam Levine. Yeah, suddenly you're, call yeah it exactly, that. the beard at the end. Suddenly you're at the end, aren't you? <laughs> Which I, I do I do agree with. I do wonder whether or not I just needed more story in the time that it took to get get to the film. I I, I don't know. Um, but performance is amazing. The setting, amazing. Like, Brokeback Mountain mm. looks stunning. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole montage at the top of them just doing all the sheep work and everything. I did think that when they're having that argument and there's this amazing background. That scene where they're fighting, you get distracted about how stunning it looks behind them. Yeah, it's great though, isn't it? It's a great, it's, yeah, um, brilliant. I think they've made a really good film. I think their performances are great. I think Michelle Williams is great. I think Anne Hathaway is great. I think it, it is really strong. But like, you know, similar to Jack, I think it is just a bit slow for me. So yeah, um, middle of the part, probably seven. Ooh. Steady away. Seems a bit sloppy, that, to me. No. no it's not sloppy. I don't think we get those films anymore. What do you mean we do? I don't think we get real slow burn films. Is that because they're making films for my generation? I think they are. Yeah. And I've just said it's a bit too slow for me. I don't like any of them films for his generation. I don't like them too fast paced. It's just I was like, oh, come on. Want something to happen. But don't you think they did? There's the bit with the kids. and Yeah, but it's two hours 20 and I don't think it needs to be for that. But do you know what? I thought if it wasn't that long, you know when he grabs the shirt at the end? And he sniffs it. And then he has the postcard and the thing. I felt at that moment, yeah, I'm with you. It's been long enough for me to feel like I'm in the film. And I didn't want to feel that moment was cheated. And I think if it had been shorter, I would have felt a bit like, well, I don't really see that relationship. I know I did. I did. I liked, I, I did like the last half an hour. I just, I struggled with, I didn't struggle. I was just like, oh, come on. That's all. I was just clock watching. That's all. <laughs> and it was early. It was early. I put it on at like eight. You watched it this morning? No, no. No, last night. I watched it with the dog. Me and her were watching it. Yeah, I, I was watching it with the mother-in-law. And I said, um, she went, what are we watching tonight? I said, it's uh, Broke Back Mountain. She went, oh, with, um, what's his name? Keith Ledger. <laughs> <laughs> I went, yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Keith, and here he is, Keith, Keith Ledger. Uh, I like it. So do you, do you think she's like your main, your main watch? Your film buddy? Yeah, I th- yeah. I mean, the go-to is I always ask the girlfriend, obviously, and nine times out of ten she does. But if she goes, I've just got to do a bit of work or whatever. So um, she went, can I do it? I'll watch it, but I'm going to go on the laptop in the background. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Let's you. That's you go worse. That's room. worse. You might. Not I'm not watch doing it. that. And she's like, yeah, fine, I get it. And she's like, but my mum will watch it with you. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm like, great, fine. What did she think at the end? She thought the same as me. Really, she thought it was a bit boring all the way through until like that last half an hour we both had similar sort of opinions do you think when you were this is a question for you both do you think you get influenced by how you think of a film depending on the environment or who you're watching it with yeah definitely definitely of course you do you must do yeah and sometimes who's recommended the film to you if I recommend a film 
your instant reaction is it's going to be shite. Whereas sometimes if Ben will be like, Colson, this week's film, it's going to be a hard watch for you. Like, so straight away, then in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to like this. Whereas you're like, Colson, I picked a film that you're really going to like. I think all that lead up to how you watch a film changes it. It's like if, if there's a film out of the cinema, if if you're going to go watch this film and I go, oh, don't bother it, shit. Then if you go and watch it, you're like, oh, but Colson said it was shit. Whereas if I'm like, you have to watch this film, it's amazing. It does It does definitely influence, definitely. You know, the best, the best films I like to watch is when someone says... I'm not going to tell you anything yeah, about it. Yeah, just watch it. Just watch it. Because you don't know why they're telling you. Watch that. I'm not telling you anything. That's <laughs> when I go, oh, okay. I'm in. Here we go. Racing Stripes. <laughs> Brokeback Mountain then. The first audience pick of Series 6 gets all the twos. 22.2. I think that's all right. Yeah, I think that's fine. It's just below cares above Begin Again. Yeah. It's the second best film we've watched so far. I think Jack was a bit minty because of what happened with our ratings about Crash. Yeah, he's he's upset about Crash. We're not going to talk about that. Um, before we find out what I've picked for us to watch next week, which is a big, big film, it's a banger. Um, Jack, the 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 renamed the renamed Jack's Gem. Jack's Gem. Jack's Gem, and I do have to call it Jack's Gem this week because it isn't hidden, but it was for a long time. So I saw this when it came out. The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) (laughs) It's called James Bond. (laughs) It's a new film, Empire Strikes Back. It was hidden for a while, but you know what? It's gathered some pace now. Gone with the wind. Harry Potter. <laughs> it's about a boy. It's a book. And I didn't think yeah. it would work. But it's not bad. Try it. You'll, you'll struggle to find it. Hit us, Jack. It's on Netflix. It's a film. It came out two years ago. It's called Alone. I've not heard of it. Have you seen it pop up? It's pop up. It's 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 in the chart. Is this this horror film? It's a thriller. The subtitled. No, it's not subtitled. It's dubbed. No, no, it's okay, not. It's not the film I'm thinking of. <laughs> it's an American film. There's a film trending on TikTok at the moment, a horror film trending on TikTok, that basically, apparently, if you can watch the first half an hour, your mindset's to different than anyone else. Because it's, like re- it's like a psychological horror. makes you scared, apparently. All right. Well, I'll find yeah. that one out. The old... That'll be next but week. this is on Netflix. It's called Alone. And do you know what it's... It's like... Um, Basically, this girl's sort of like going off on her own. She's gonna, she's gonna quit a job, move out, and she's just gonna go and find herself um, and explore. Up Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. She's going up like a Brokeback Mountain type thing, and this sort of guy like starts following her. Oh, and tails her. Good. And she's on the run. It is very. Very good, because the guy in it is creepy as fuck, and he's brilliant. It's called Alone, it's on Netflix, it's a film. I watched it when it came out in 2020, but it's just been released on uh, Netflix now. It's a very, very good watch. Very good watch. And it reminds me of, do you remember that, um, do you remember that The Vanishing, with like Jeff Bridges and Sandra Bullock and Kiefer Sutherland? Do you remember when that came out? It's a bit like that. It's Alone and it's on Netflix. Yes. That's the gem this week. Um, Next week's film. Big film. You two have left me no choice here in the matter. I feel like you want a drum roll here. Like no, tr- It's like you built it up. And the Oscar goes to... Basically, next week I'm demanding some respect from you two. Are you ready? Okay. okay. <laughs> the film that we are reviewing next week on Sofa Cinema Club is Shrek 2. Are you taking oh, the piss? God. No, no. It's got it, it. It has to be done. I have to prove a point. I have to prove a point. What point? That it's a good film. <laughs> that it's a. It is a strong, strong. Film. You you were saying it's better than Shrek. That was the point. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. It's nowhere near. Lord Farquaad. Come on. Not a the fairy godmother. It is better than Shrek. Shrek 2. If you want more Sofa Cinema Club, <laughs> and if you want to find out where all of the Shrek 2, um, where the Shrek 2 came from, um, head on over to our Patreon, which is www.patreon.com 
facebook.com forward slash Sofa Cinema Club. And on there, you will find loads of exclusive Sofa Cinema Club ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, access to our Instagram close friends, all for the price of a small popcorn at your local cinema. And each week when people join our Patreon, we give them a job in our movie production house slash cinema. And we've got two new people who've joined us this week, haven't we? Deborah Smith, scenic artist. Scenic artist. Scenic artist. So she's doing all like the storyboard. Yeah, but she's no, she's doing the bit. You know, like um, at the back when it work, and then you get a picture of Audrey's or whatever. She's drawing all that at the back. Ah, she's drawing. Nice. A, yeah, there you go. Scenic artist Deborah Smith, Anita Nicholson. So I've got a big job for Anita, um, and it links to our Monday episode of ET. Um, Anita's going back old school and she's going back into the cinema. The cinema business is doing well. We've not touched it for a while because we've got quite a lot of staff in there. But um, it's been brought to our attention that people sneak stuff into the cinema. Anita (laughs) is searching bags in the cinema. She's on bags. She's on bag search. Anything that has not been bought on the premise of the Sofa Cinema Club Cinema, Anita, you're you're taking it straight out, love. Anita, we've got a code four. We've got a code four. <laughs> we've got chips and popcorn in a bag. Anita. Chewing gum. Is that allowed? <laughs> <laughs> They're saying it's medicinal. I don't believe them, Anita. <laughs> Confiscating inhalers on the way in. Is that a sweet? <laughs> if you want a job or if you want more Sofa Cinema Club, really easy to do so. Head on over to our Patreon and you will find us there. Next week, we're back talking all things the classic that is Shrek 2. We're here on Monday for Sofa Cinema Club Extraterrestrial, where I'll be a year older. Can you believe it? (laughs) Until then, we'll see you next week. Good night, God bless. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.